0: Did you know that learning a musical instrument is good for your brain? For adults, it can lead to improvements in working memory, resilience to age-related hearing loss, and lower levels of stress and depression. According to University of Texas Research, it's even more effective than brain training games. And the best part is, it's fun! Even if you've never played an instrument, we'll have you playing songs in a month. You may think of School of Rock as a place for kids. But we have lessons for adults, too. School of Rock Eden Prairie offers lessons on guitar, bass, drums, keyboards, and vocals. You choose whether your lessons are in person or online. We also have adult bands if you want to jam with other adults. And AM 950 listeners get 10% off 45 or 60-minute weekly lessons. Visit edenprairie.schoolofrock.com or click on the link on am950radio.com.
1: evening, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to the Wall of Power Radio Hour. This is your host, Paul Metzen. We have one of the greatest musicians in the Twin Cities on tonight. Laura McKenzie calls her music traditional wind-powered music. She's part of a 12-week series that my good buddy Billy McLaughlin's putting on called The Church of Lost Souls. So it's a live stream concert series. It launches live from the Parkway Theater, On Valentine's Day, which is, of course, February 14th, featuring Billy and uh, members of his band Simple Gifts in a stellar slate of special guests, including uh, the woman I have on tonight, Laura McKenzie. We'll talk a little bit more at the end of the show about the live concert stream, but I'm so happy to have Miss McKenzie on. She is one. Awards from the Bush Foundation and the McKnight Foundation. Grants, of course, for her, uh, work in music. And, uh, the Minnesota State's Art, Arts Board has called her a master folk artist. She's got quite a bit of history and we're going to find out how she got into the music business and this love of traditional Irish and Scottish, Scottish music. But with no further ado, I'd like to welcome Miss Laura McKenzie. Laura, how are you tonight? I'm good, Paul. Thank
2: you. We finally met. We finally met.
1: <laughs> it's crazy because I have seen your name for around the Twin Cities for at least 20, if not 25 years. And you played, uh, you've been on the Prairie Hill Companion. You played with a lot of great musicians that are friends of mine who have actually met in person, but you and I have never actually met. <laughs> so this is, uh, this is our, um, entry into our new friendship. Yes. Yeah. Yes, here we go. So, when when did you start playing with Billy McLaughlin? Let, let's start there.
3: Oh, you know, I am I'm terrible with numbers and years, but it's been a good few years.
1: Okay, <laughs> there, there we go. You know? <laughs> well let's go let's let's go this route. When did you get uh, so interested and then so involved with playing traditional Scottish and Irish music? And I'm sure you play more musics than just that. But where did uh, the young Laura uh, fall in love with music?
3: Well, honestly, I can say this pretty quickly. It wasn't until I was in college that something snapped for me. Hmm. I was cla- classically trained and then academically trained. I was studying ethnomusicology, and I started playing in an Irish dance band. I fell in with the St. Paul, Minnesota, Irish-American community and started playing in an Irish Kaylee band, we call them, an Irish dance band. And we played... Steamed up dance halls all over the Twin Cities in the Midwest for a few years, and then something snapped, and I realized that playing the music was, really meant something to me, whereas studying it so much didn't mean a lot anymore. So, mm-hmm. so then it was just the local, the local community that supported traditional Irish and Scottish music around here that really um, gave me the boost and um, helped me become a professional
1: I bet you played the Halftime Wreck.
3: I did. I did play the Halftime Wreck. <laughs> yeah, I used to go in there and do some Irish dancing, too. <laughs> yeah,
1: we, uh, my, my band, Cats of the Stars, we played there years and years ago. Uh, St. Paul, of course, has such a great, uh, uh, so many great Irish people, but a real St. Paul has really kind of held the torch for Irish music for years.
3: Yes, it has. Yeah,
1: there was a big uh, Irish. Was there an Irish music festival on the uh, campus of McAllister? Several oh, years ago. Oh,
3: that was the Scottish Fair. Yeah. Okay, the, so the Scottish the, fair. fair. The fair. Scottish Fair. Yeah, that that still runs. It's not run by McAllister anymore, but it's still a wonderful annual fair. The Minnesota yeah. Scottish Highland Fair, Minnesota Scottish Fair, and Highland Games.
1: Wow. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Now. It doesn't treat me because you studied, and also was an assistant of ethnomusicology, but you studied a lot of traditional Scottish music at the University of Edinburgh.
3: Oh, right. Yes, I did. So yeah, now, I was lucky to work over there.
1: Yeah, so, what uh, was that like? I mean, you must have really gotten your uh, uh, into your elbows with that.
3: Well, it was amazing because I went to do work in the archives, which was just, uh, you know, transcribing and and sort of uh, sort of preparing materials for the the for the real academics um, to take further out into the world. But while I was there, I got to meet people, traditional mi- musicians actually playing and filling, singing the music that uh, I'd been listening to at home on mm-hmm. records and on tapes. So once I saw and heard the people for real and met them, then there was absolutely no turning back for me. I just I became a player and a singer of traditional songs.
1: Well, you know, I um, my back. You know, I'm really consider at the end of the day I'm a folk singer. I mean, I play a lot of different styles of music. But uh, if you had if put a gun in my head and it, and said at St. Peter at the Pearly Gates, he goes, "What did you do?" I said, "I played folk music." And there's something <laughs> about you know i've never had my ears never been really sophisticated enough i love bebop right i love classical music but my my ears never been really sophisticated enough to understand intellectually bebop music but i but folk melodies have always been uh, you know very comforting and something i can really get behind so when you're studying scottish music and irish music that's where you know in uh, British Isles music. That's where folk music in America came from.
3: It 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 provided a, a, a very much the foundation. That's right. Yeah.
1: So what? Um, how long were you at uh, studying at and working at the University of Edinburgh?
3: Oh, that was only for um, a term, one one term. But I've you know I've been back many times since. And when, you know, when you, follow
1: up now. When you say follow up, do you play over there too?
3: Well, when I go to Ireland and Scotland, I do play—not professionally, but I play in uh, informal sessions where we just play jigs and reels and bays and marches and sing songs. And that is—that's um, where I have learned most of my music and style was from playing in those sessions.
1: Who was that I'm just thinking about? I, I, I think his first name was Patty, but there was a really legendary Irish musician from Saint Paul. Was he did he play concertina? I'm not exactly sure what. And he passed yeah. away in the last few years. Oh. Oh. Or, or maybe uh, it's somebody else that hasn't well, passed away, but
3: <laughs> I think you might be thinking of Patty O'Brien. That's who it legendary. is. Yeah, yeah, Oh, Patty's still Patty's still going strong. All right. Yeah. All right. Yeah, we we we've all we've all disappeared. <laughs> right. You know, especially this year, but Patty's going strong. Yeah, we're we are really blessed in St. Paul to have a couple of legendary musicians um, from Ireland that have made their home in Minnesota for a long time. And yeah, he's he's extraordinary.
1: So now, you, I, w- I was doing some research on my guest, uh, Laura McKenzie, who I'm speaking with tonight. You play, it looks like, at least a dozen instruments.
3: That's true, um, but they're all uh, wind instruments. They all are powered by some movement of air. Um, so there, there are different types of flutes, mainly wooden flutes and whistles. And I play a little concertina. It's a squeeze box. It's not as big as a button accordion. It's a little squeeze box. And then I play lots of different bagpipes, unusual ones. And then uh, I sing songs.
1: Hmm. Now, if you heard a song you've never heard of and somebody sang or played a song for you, could you tell this is from Scotland or this is from Ireland?
3: I might be able to tell. I might be able to just because I've spent so much time with the music.
1: You are a brilliant musician, Laura McKenzie. I can't wait to meet you in person oh. and, and, uh, and hear you play um, in, in whatever kind of setting the new normal is going to provide us. Tell us, uh, we're going to play uh, uh, a medley of two songs that you performed. Tell us about Jackson Reel and the Queen of May.
3: Oh, okay. Well, this is a set of reels that I recorded with um, someone that that you know, Dean McGraw. I
1: certainly know Dino, so, one a great, another great Twin Cities musician.
3: Yeah, so they're straight ahead traditional Irish reels with uh, with Dean McGraw's wonderful, um, very full, rich, powerful uh, guitar backup. He
1: is amazing. We're going to listen to uh, my guest, Laura McKenzie. And one of the greatest guitar players in America who happens to reside in Minneapolis, Dean McGraw. Be back with Laura for the whole show tonight on the Wall of Power Radio Hour. Welcome back to the second set of the Wall of Power Radio Hour. This is your host, Paul Metzen. We just heard a song that was performed by my guest, Laura McKenzie. Laura, what did we just listen to?
3: We heard a song from Scotland called False, False, Hey, You Been? or False, False, Have You Been, My Love. And it's a. It's a traditional song. It's a song that I knew for many years as an unaccompanied song. That's the way we usually sing traditional songs in Ireland and Scotland without any instruments at all. And it's a song that I brought to my big band project, Brass Lassie, and uh, got Pete Enbloom, a local horn player arranger, to do a big band arrangement of it. So we made this traditional song into a big band piece.
1: Wow, how fun is that? (laughs) <laughs> See, Laura, how far back uh, do the, do, you, uh, do they figure some of these songs that are still being performed in uh, uh, Scotland and Ireland and now uh, in America and around the world, how far back do some of these songs go?
3: Well, some of them probably, um, you know, go back to the, the 1600s, anyway, or 1700s. Wow. But some of them that we call traditional might be much more recent. They just fell into the, the traditional pipeline and the composer was forgotten. So they're of all ages.
1: Uh, it's just fascinating. How many songs do you think you know that you could perform off the top of your head on the variety of instruments you play?
3: Oh, that's hard to say. Um, I've learned hundreds and hundreds of instrumental tunes um, in my lifetime and not so many songs, but gosh, lots and lots of them. Um, In, in, my, in this genre of music, we often learn things by ear, and I've done that, too, even though I was trained in classical music and can read it, but I usually learn them by ear, and um, it's true, you retain them better when you learn them that way.
1: Mm-hmm. Now, tell us the difference, uh, what you would call the difference between, and I'm guilty of calling the songs I write both tunes and songs, but there really is a difference between a tune and a song, correct? Correct.
3: Yes. Yep. Uh, yes. Tunes are instrumental pieces, and a song is you use your voice and it has some kind of lyric, or or if not a lyric, nonsense syllable.
1: Hmm. Now, so what? I, I imagine you must have a phenomenal record collection.
3: Yes, and you know what else? I still have. What? I have a phenomenal collection of cassette tapes.
1: Bless you. <laughs> I'm a huge cassette guy. I've got, I've got over 2,500 cassettes in my basement. Um, I'm planning on moving to Duluth this summer, and I look at my 2,500 LPs, 900 books, 2,500 CDs, 2,500 cassettes. I go. I think cassettes are one of the most durable forms. For transmitting music, you can have a cassette under the seat of your car for 10 years, pull it out, blow off the dust, put it in your cassette player, and it uh, sounds as good as it did in, well, 2010. <laughs> but I'm a cassette guy. I'm a cassette guy. So now, uh, when you – what? so before you got into music, Laura uh, McKenzie, what – what uh, kind of other interests did you have?
3: Hmm. <laughs>
1: Let's say a teen, a teenage Laura McKenzie.
3: Oh, a teenage Laura McKenzie loved walking in the woods and playing music. There you go. <laughs> but it was, but it was mainly um, it was classical music in those days. Except I would. Um, keep bamboo flutes around and I take bamboo flutes sometimes out in the woods to play.
1: Hmm. Did you did people ever uh, come upon you in the woods playing a wooden flute and thought they ran into some sort of mystical character?
3: <laughs> <laughs> well, if they did they ran away quickly and I missed them.
1: <laughs> now where did you grow up? Where are you from?
3: I'm from Northfield.
1: I just... Northfield, Minnesota. I love Northfield, Minnesota. What Mm -hmm. what did your mom and dad do?
3: My mom and dad had a store down on Main Street, Division Street, called Mackenzie's Gifts.
1: Okay. (laughs) And what kind of gifts?
3: All kinds of lovely things. Um, And they sold china and a little bit of flatware and tea and spices and all sorts of beautiful gifty gifts and cards and candles and little jewelry. Um, it was a very lovely shop and it's very well remembered by people from Northfield.
1: Did, uh, did the young Laura in her teenage years spend some time behind the counter selling candles?
3: Yes, I did. Yes. <laughs> Wrapping gifts and things like that. Yeah, my mom, yeah.
1: My mom had a uh, after she retired as a nurse, she uh, and before she got into being a travel guide, she owned a, uh, wasn't really a jewelry shop, but it was a gift shop that had, you know, uh, rings and earrings and watches and different things like that. And uh, everybody in the Metza family spent some time behind that counter doing exactly what you did. It's just uh, the family business, right? Yes, the family
3: business. And And sometimes I think of Of my father. I mean, I thought of him often over the years when I've been frustrated with trying to make a living in the music business, especially um, you know being being yeah these days. But also because I was grounded in traditional music, you know not not popular music. Mm -hmm. Although I've been extremely lucky that I get to bring my style and my instruments to other genres, uh, mainly. For many years now, through Billy McLaughlin, I'm just so lucky that I get to you know come out with my style and instruments and use them for for other genres of music but anyway i would I would think about my dad and how he struggled to make a living for a family on a gift shop and I think that that um I communicate with him and he helps me out with how to how to make it now hmm.
1: <laughs> so he's still with us.
3: I think
1: so. He certainly is in in my heart and mind. Okay. Well, my guest, Laura McKenzie, is playing with my other good buddy, Billy McLaughlin, The Church of Lost Souls. It's a live stream concert series. Launches live from the Parkway Theater on Valentine's Day, just a little over a week away. It features Billy and members of Simple Gifts and a stellar slate of special guests. Yeah. Twelve consecutive Sundays, through May 2nd, 2021. We're going to have Laura McKenzie on for the rest of the show tonight on the Wall of Power radio, and we'll hear a little more music from her and also a cut with the great Billy McLaughlin.
2: Falls, falls, hey, been take me, my love. And often you've changed So
0: Do you know that learning a musical instrument is good for your brain? For adults, it can lead to improvements in working memory, resilience to age-related hearing loss, and lower levels of stress and depression. According to University of Texas Research, it's even more effective than brain training games. And the best part is, it's fun! Even if you've never played an instrument, we'll have you playing songs in a month. You may think of School of Rock as a place for kids, but we have lessons for adults, too. School of Rock Eden Prairie offers lessons on guitar, bass, drums, keyboards, and vocals. You choose whether your lessons are in person or online. We also have adult bands if you want to jam with other adults. And AM950 listeners get 10% off 45 or 60-minute weekly lessons. Visit edenprairie.schoolofrock.com or click on the link on am950radio.com.
1: And pray, oh to hear the preacher plow, the gospel plow. Hold
2: on, hold on, keep your hand on the plow and you hold right on.
1: The preacher said I must repent, so right down the aisle I went. Keep your hand on the plow and you hold right on. Welcome back to the third set of the Wall of Power radio. We just heard a version of the old folk song Gospel Plow performed by Billy McLaughlin and my guest Laura McKenzie. Now, I want to mention again that uh, Billy's series of shows, the Church of Lost Souls live concert series live stream, ...from the Parkway Theater Theater on Valentine's Day also is going to have a limited number of guests. So the exclusive in-house ticket uh, prices can be found at theparkwaytheater.com. There's only going to be 93 seats uh, available per show... Uh, But we definitely want to tell you about it because there's not many places to go hear live music. So as part of the Church of Lost Souls, you can go be there in person or hear the live stream. Go to ParkwayTheater.com for more information. You know, uh, my guest Laura McKenzie, Billy's got such a great taste in uh, in music. Do you remember when you uh, bumped into Billy for the first time?
3: Uh, yes, I do. He, he invited me to his home studio to add some, um, sort of Celtic flavor to, uh, something he was recording. And, um, it was some years after that that he invited me to join Simple Gifts in the holiday tours. Um, and that was, that's just been an absolutely wonderful thing for me ever since.
1: Boy, and that's such a... Tell us a little bit about some more of your band members uh, in Billy's band with Simple Gifts.
3: Well, we have um, some fabulous singers, Karen Parris and Amy Courts. And Simple Gifts will be joined by Kathleen Johnson for this series at the Parkway. And the... Bass player, uh, I believe it's Dan Ristrom. We've worked with him a lot, and he's just a wonderful, joyous musician.
1: Yeah, and his dad, Ruben Ristrom, is one of the top jazz guitar players in town.
3: Yes, absolutely, absolutely. And, of course, Billy McLaughlin at the helm.
1: Yeah. Billy is such a a great musician. Uh, He had dystonia, so he had to go from playing... I don't know. I can't remember if he went from playing right handed guitar to left handed guitar or vice versa. What's he playing now? Is he playing it left-handed?
3: Well, to be honest, um, he does. He does both. Now um, he, he does. Mainly, yeah, yeah. He mainly, uh, yes. So, but he's done absolutely astounding adaptations um, for for his playing. Um, but he's he's playing great, and he's writing. Fabulous music, too. I just, I love his compositions. And one thing that I'm really looking forward to in this series is that we get to do some of Billy McLaughlin's originals, um, which are always wonderful, wonderful pieces of music. They have wonderful melodies to them and I and really great lyrics as well.
1: Yeah, Billy is such a great all-around musician. He did... Uh go a little deeper on what i was just talking about he had this dystonia which was a um, neuro neurological and uh muscle problem in his body so for a long time uh he started losing his ability to play guitar and when he started again he had to start it off with the opposite hand and really had to relearn it from scratch and now he's better than most guitar players i know including guys like myself that have been playing for just as long as he was. Plus, he was kind of one of the first guys that I hear do the tapping um, mm. on on the guitar. But he was, uh, I've known Billy for, geez, we had the same booking agent back in the 1990s when we were both just two young men with a dream. And uh, so I'm so happy that Billy's made such a comeback. Uh, but he's also been known when he plays with uh, his bands to have such phenomenal Phenomenal musicians like yourself. Now, Laura McKenzie, so what? who are some of your favorite musicians, traditional or otherwise?
3: Oh, dear. That is a very challenging question. Um, (laughs) Some of the people that have been my greatest inspirations would not be recognizable names.
1: (laughs) Well, then let's recognize them. It's a good time to get those names out there. (laughs)
3: <laughs> well, there are people who are just traditional players of play in kitchens at home. Okay. <laughs> so I mean, people like Patty O'Brien, he was he was a, a wonderful inspiration for me who does live in Saint Paul and some some people in Ireland, Packy Diagnan and um, Catherine McAvoy. But these days I find myself listening to um, some European ensembles that are live streaming into our isolated lives. And I'm I'm listening to French and Belgian pipers, huh. um, so it, it's it's hard it's hard for me to um, to pinpoint actually some of my my favorite musicians. Did you ever get? Sorry a ch- ch- about that. No, that's okay.
1: <laughs> Did you ever get a chance to hang out with my uh, one of my favorite Irish bands, uh, the Chieftains?
3: Um, well, I didn't hang out with the Chieftains per se. But I found myself playing in some uh, really cool informal sessions with various members of the Chieftains really? long ago. Mm-hmm.
1: Like, tell me tell, like, me, tell me, you played with Derek Bell?
3: Uh, not with Derek Bell. I don't think he was much of a session player. Okay. but um,
1: Patty Maloney?
3: Uh, Patty Maloney. Actually, Sean Kane, the fiddler, okay. and, um, and Matt Malloy, the flute player. Cool. Yeah.
1: There's something about – I I saw them two or three times over the years. And there's something about the joy that those guys, not just those songs are joyous but there's something about when they played as an ensemble um, that was so joyous that you just wanted to get up and dance a jig. Even if you didn't know how to dance a jig. <laughs> <laughs> yeah,
3: I know what you mean, yeah.
1: So now you did a little time uh, as a production assistant at the Prairie Home Companion as well, correct? Yes, I, yes. Mm-hmm. So what did you do uh, for Garrison & Company?
3: Oh my goodness, I did a little of everything. Uh, I, I I did lots of work in the office uh, during the week, just getting all the scripts together and making sure musicians were lined up and writing the bio notes for Garrison and um, making sure people got paid for this and that that they offered for the show. And um, during, on the weekend, I actually worked, I worked the show as well. That cool. Page. So I did a little of everything.
1: Was that when it was at uh, uh, at the Fitzgerald?
3: Yes, before it was the Fitzgerald, though. I think that was when it hadn't been renovated yet. That was a long time ago. (laughs)
1: Hmm. Uh, You know, I had um, Rich Dorsky on, oh, geez, four or five years ago. And he told the story that Garrison Keillor was looking for a new place. uh, His radio show is getting more popular. And he went... To look at the Fitzgerald, I'm not sure if I what it was called before that. Do you remember?
3: Was it the World?
1: Yeah, that was it, the World Theater. And uh, he took a tour. And Rich Dworsky's mom had a ladies' group that met there uh, that met there once a week, and she had to be there when Garrison showed up with the realtor. And like uh, any great mother. Who loves their son or daughter? Pitched Rich as a piano player to Garrison Keillor, and uh, one thing led to another, and Rich had that gig for years and years and years. And uh, that's the story I know about Garrison, Rich, Rich's mom, and uh, the world which became the Fitzgerald Theater. And that theater is so beautiful. Yes,
3: yeah.
1: yeah, it is. I'm, you know, I give a lot of credit to Garrison Keillor for for moving there and uh, kind of re discovering it and uh, mm-hmm. raising the money to get it together. It's, it's, you know, it sounds great. Mm-hmm. It looks great. I've had the pleasure of playing there, uh, two or three times myself and saw some great shows. In fact, uh, uh, I saw a great show for a woman from Ireland who I had the pleasure of opening for in Boston on the last date of her tour back in the mid nineties. And, uh, Miss Mary Black. Are you familiar with Miss Black?
3: Yes. Yeah. And the whole Black family.
1: Yes. Yeah. She, it was uh, so amazing. I remember we were backstage. It was the Berkeley Performing uh, Performing Arts Center little concert hall. Uh, and it was the last night of her tour. And her guitar player who had been with her for like 15 or 16 or 17 years. It was his last show with her after this long run, a decade and a half of playing with Mary Black. And uh, there was this little, oh, they gathered around a little semicircle. And I wasn't, you know, trying to eavesdrop, but you could just, I could really feel it as a musician who's played with some really good friends for long, long periods of time. I could just kind of feel that, uh, what they were all going through, you know, saying their goodbyes. And it was just an amazing show. And of course, all the musicians were, were from Ireland and, uh, as good as anywhere in the world.
2: <laughs>
1: yeah. So what are you, uh, what are you working on? We got about a minute left in this set, Laura Mackenzie. What are you okay. working on right now with your music?
3: Well, um, since we've been in the pandemic conditions, um, I've been working on, on solo programs. Things I can do absolutely all by myself and not have to work, you know, have, have anyone else in the room or any other instruments. Um, so I have like seven different themed programs that I'm working on. And some of them I've put together deeply enough that I've actually live streamed, streamed them to some, um, sponsorship, uh, mm-hmm. events. Nice. And so, yeah, so they're all things I just do. And that means the wonderful thing about that for me is that I can pull out all the stops and get out all the instruments I want, all the different bagpipes and sing the songs that I want, um, according to the themes of my program. So that's what I've been doing. um, And I'm happy I can do it, but I'm sad not to be working with my ensemble. So I'm really, really excited about getting back to working with Billy McLaughlin and Simple Gifts and also enjoying the special guests. What a thrill it's going to be.
1: Laura McKenzie, what is your website?
3: My website is
1: com. We will be back with Laura McKenzie, whose website is lauramckenzie.com, after these messages. Welcome back to the last set of the Wall of Power Radio Hour. This is your host, Paul Metzen. I've had a wonderful guest on all night. She's still with us, Laura McKenzie. Laura, tell us uh, about the song we heard leading into this set.
3: Yes, that was a piece called Grianach, which is Scots Gaelic for uh, sunny. It means sunny. And it was a piece uh, arranged for my... Big band, Brass Lassie, but it was a tune that I wrote for the Scottish small pipes. So at the beginning there, I'm playing the Scottish small pipes, which is a uh, a version of the bagpipe from the lowlands of Scotland. That's not the big, loud, large Highland pipes. And it's a tune that was arranged for us by Dr. David Mills another local jazz player.
1: Huh. That's a name I haven't heard, but I will... <laughs> if you dig him, I'm sure I'm going to dig him. Uh, <laughs> Laura McKenzie, uh, you also spent uh, several years on the road with Lori Line.
3: I certainly did. Quite a few years. Almost nine. Wow.
1: Mm-hmm. Do you, are you still in touch with Lori?
3: Oh, not really. Not really. Um I think we're
1: Facebook friends. Oh, there you go. Yeah. What, uh, now tell us about, we, we played a song, uh, earlier in the, the show tonight, uh, with the great Dean McGraw. Who are some of your other favorite Twin Cities musicians that you, you get a chance to play with either on the upcoming Church of the Lost Souls live stream concert series or those that you really enjoy over the years?
3: Oh, well, um. There's another one of these uh, wonderful Irish, famous Irish musicians that has been in St. Paul for decades now is Dahi Sproul. Okay. And he's he's a, a guitarist and uh, very renowned in the world of, of Irish and Celtic music in general. And someone that I met through playing with Billy McLaughlin and Simple Gifts is Enrique Toussaint. Okay. Enrique um, uh, of course, as you know, is a bass player, and I've been able to do some other projects with him. He's played with me on my on my Brass Lashy album and in that group. Oh, my.
1: Have you ever had a, uh, the good fortune to play with my old buddy Tim O'Keefe?
3: I have not been able to play with him yet, no. Yeah,
1: you're, you're familiar with Timmy. He was... Yeah. Uh, we started out playing together the first day, of, second day of senior high, way back uh, right a- after the World War One, and uh, but he's turned into a world class percussionist. That guy can play uh, every style of music that needs uh, that needs percussion, including you know Afro-Cuban, Brazilian, Persian music. Just an amazing, amazing uh, musician <laughs> like you. You know, we are very fortunate, Laura, and I think you'd agree. Uh, in the Twin Cities, we have such a wealth of great musicians. Yes, indeed. So mm-hmm. when you were uh, back when we could go out, and hopefully the new normal will be able to go out again, did you ever go out to see a handful of musicians in town, or did you were you a, were you a club person at all?
3: Oh yes, absolutely, and uh, I would. I especially love to go to the uh, jazz clubs in town, those yeah. that exist now and those that are sadly gone. Yes,
1: yes. so you uh, you went to the you went to the artist corner, uh, mm-hmm. the artist quarter down in St. Paul. We've all been to the Dakota. We miss them both. Uh, mm-hmm. Tell us now. We've got a few minutes left on the of Power Radio Hour. Laura McKenzie. Tell us a little bit about what uh, people can expect at the Church of Lost Souls, the live stream concert series that launches live from the Parkway Theater on Valentine's Day, 4.30 p.m. Central Standard Time, for those of you that uh, will be tuning in.
3: Yes, well, it's something that that Billy McLaughlin has been developing in in his heart and mind for a while now, and... Uh, it's not actually a church. Right. You, you don't have to be lost or found to <laughs> to, to tune in or show up um, and enjoy it. But it will be a, a sort of a variety musical review uh, on a weekly basis where uh, members of Simple Gifts will be featured. And, of course, there's a special guest every week that will have their own lot for about 15 or 20 minutes of doing their own music and there will be an opportunity for us all then to gather at the end to play something together but there will be music of of a number of different genres and it will all be meaningful and uplifting and I must say you know the songs don't have to have lyrics that are particularly uplifting but if they're all about sharing the struggle that is meaningful as well. I think these days. So that's the bare bones of it.
1: Yes, and some of the guests uh, coming up include Michael Monroe, Jennifer Grim, and Joe Cruz, Kathleen Johnson on her own, and uh, my good friend Nicholas David, the uh, great. God, that guy is so funky. Great singer, great piano player. He's also got a radio show on KFAI on Tuesdays. Uh, And if people, uh, they can stream the show starting at 430 from parkwaytheater.com. They can also get tickets, 93 seats per show, and they can order them through the parkwaytheater.com. Laura McKenzie, this has been so delightful to get to know you now. I can't wait to see you in person. We might be able to shake hands if we're gloved. Hopefully by the time <laughs> we do, we might not have to wear masks. But if we have to, we have to. We'll just look at each other's eyes and talk. But uh, we've I've really enjoyed this uh and being able to share your music uh, with the audience out there in the Wall of Power Radio Orlando.
3: Thank you, Paul. It's an honor to be here speaking with
1: you. Thanks for listening to the Wall of Power Radio Hour. The show was produced by Paul Metza, engineered by Patrick Lilia, and brought to you by the School of Rock and Eden Prairie. We'd like to thank our guest, Laura McKenzie. If you want to find out more, maybe even attend the Church of Lost Souls, go to theparkwaytheater.com. If you are looking for a hot piece of real estate, a duplex in North Minneapolis, I'm selling mine. Get a hold of me at Paul at PaulMetzer.com. And like my dad used to tell me, remember to be kind and make someone happy.